Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Here's the scenario. You've been injured in a serious accident. The doctor says your recovery could take months, maybe even years, yet your insurance company is denying your claim every step of the way. If something like this happens to you, call me, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. We have offices in Toronto, London, Peterborough, and now Kitchener-Waterloo. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, that is three in a row, three losses in a row for the Raptors, the latest one coming against the Cleveland Cavaliers, 104 to 96. And yes, it is the result of their sometimes nearly comatose offense and the limitations that come along with it. They face a lot of zone, man, like way more than any other team in the NBA over this stretch. Way more than even we were seeing it during, you know, kind of gearing up for the All-Star break, anything like that. It has just been turned up to 100. There's a lot of zone. There's a lot of doubling of Pascal Siakam, who was, I believe, top five before the stretch run. There's no doubt in my mind. I haven't seen the numbers, but I'm very, very comfortable saying that nobody else in the NBA has been doubled as much as he has since Fred and OG have gone down. And what he does with that attention what the team does attacking advantage off of the passes out of it and how they're able to create and just guys creating in in single coverage outside of that. They're far too limited as a team and their offense leaves them in positions where they get in trouble every single night and they cannot beat Cleveland, who is a good team. Currently, they're not in the best form. Jared Allen left during this game, which made things a lot easier for the Raptors. He had a a quad contusion, and so he missed the second half. That's of note, and especially since the Raptors made their run in the second half. But this is still a team that, you know, they're a good team. They have Mobley. They have Garland. You know, Garland was an all-star. They got a half of, you know, Jared Allen, who is also an all-star. And and Mobley is probably the best rookie in, in this class so far. He'll probably win Rookie of the Year. Larry Markinen. It had a decent game, kind of middling efficiency, but Chetty Osman, Kevin Love, they both popped off a little bit off the bench. And the Raptors, just quite frankly, they didn't have that type of bench production. They had, I guess, would be over 50 minutes of bench guys play. They only had eight points off the bench, and all of those came from Precious Achua, who did so on 10 shots, which I don't really have any problems with. It's, you know, you want a guy who can create when the Raptors are so limited. For a long time, like Kim Birch ends up getting five points on six shots in this game. But for a long time, I think he was just 0 for 4, I think, and or even 0 for 3. And you weren't getting anything offensively. 
Precious checks in, and he's not even somebody you have to, you know, put the ball in his hands at the rim and wait for a layup or something. He might even be able to create something above the break, and that takes a bit of the pressure off of Gary or Pascal or Scotty even. And so his little stint of offense was pretty good. Unfortunately, for the first time in a few games, that wasn't coupled with, I think, his usually pretty great defense. Uh, Kem definitely had a better game than him in that regard and Kem really started to play much better when he had the the physicality advantage over guys like Mobley and Markinen but he really really did struggle a lot against Jared Allen so it was nice to see him have nice a little bit of a bounce back even if it was aided by you know the the better center leaving the game Chris Boucher who entered the lineup played as the I guess de facto small forward in this one he did a pretty good job 21 points, seven boards, three steals. His range defensively, like, yes, he made a few mistakes. He ended up climbing over the back of Garland, will probably stand out. And there's a couple missed rotations in this game as well. But I think he probably registered out as more of a positive defender in this game. And considering that he hit three triples and was able to cut to the rim on a couple occasions, I think his output tonight was... He was damn good considering his role and what's expected of him typically. And you know, the guys surrounding him who have a lot more attention, like Pascal or Gary Trent Jr., whether they did what was necessary of them is probably more of the question than what was asked of Chris Boucher because 21-7-3 and three on really nice shooting splits. I'll take that every time. And Pascal, you know, I talked about just at the top of the podcast how often he's getting doubled. And you could see it in this game. It obviously helped a little bit in the second half that Allen wasn't there because Allen is one of the premier rim defenders in the whole of the NBA. And Pascal, I think, what is it, 62 points on 35 shots in the last two games coming into this one, is figuring out these ingenious ways to get into the paint and to still score and do it efficiently. He didn't really find that mark in this game, although he did get to the line for 13 free throw attempts. He just only hit seven of them. That's where Pascal, he's doing so many things that take him to the next level. He's doing so many things that are representative of an extremely good all-NBA player. But in a game like this, where points are hard to come by, you got to be way more crisp from the free throw line. 7-13, to 13, that's inexcusable, honestly. And as tough as the ask is that he's getting every night, like he only had four assists. He probably could have had like eight or ten. He's he's diming people up. The, the ball isn't dropping in, and it's tough to watch, especially considering how bad they've been at scoring during the stretch. But... He continues to plug away. You know, he's he's being more decisive so that he can beat the double before it gets there. He's trying to punch gaps a little bit earlier, but that also means that he's he's getting less time to make decisions. That means that he's picking up the ball earlier and he's kind of getting trapped to be a shooter at the rim and to put up difficult shots. And this is what he has to try and navigate as the main guy who doesn't have a jump shot to just pull up over this defense that's sinking in. He has to punch gaps. He has to beat doubles and he has to do all this kind of stuff. And that requires decisiveness. And with decisiveness, you know, you get trapped in in your take and you just have to go up with it, which is why eight of 22, he ended up hoisting a lot of shots. But I'm not I'm not particularly mad at the outcome. I thought I thought he did pretty well. I just wish he would have shot better from the free throw line. But them's the breaks. He's he's been so damn good lately, and this this was a tiny little bit of a letdown. The overall four game, I was really happy with honestly, and defensively, he's still he's still the sharpest player out there on the Raptors. Trent is not you know clearing him. Barnes isn't. Birch Boucher, 
nobody's clearing him in these games. His court coverage and his he's way more crisp on a lot of the rotations, and he has to re- recover for a lot of guys too. So the overall four game I was pretty happy with from Pascal in a really difficult situation. It's just you gotta you gotta make those free throws and. When you don't make free throws, I mean, it, it makes your easy pickings to kind of say, you know, get it together. What the hell are you doing? And I understand that because just go to the line, be an NBA player, hit a few more of them. And that's that's something that he's been battling a little bit this year, and that's fine. The guy, you know, Ken Burch does deserve a lot of credit as well because if you listen to a lot of these podcasts and if you extend so far past the Reaction Podcast, the Reaction Podcast I've talked about over the past however long that I think Precious has been better than Cam, and not only better, but much better and deserving of the starting spot if it's going to be given to a center. And it will be during this stretch where Fred and OG are gone, especially at the same time. And Cam played better than Precious tonight. That's of note. But if you listen to the weekly podcasts, uh, I have one with Sean Woodley coming out. I don't know if you're listening to this at night or in the morning, but the Monday morning it'll be out and we talk I would say at length about maybe pressure, well, not maybe, definitely giving Precious that spot if it were under our control and that we'd like to see that. So, you know, Kem did, you know, he had a good game tonight. And Scotty really taking it upon himself to kind of destroy dudes in single coverage. Pascal received so much attention. Guys are sinking in on defense. If you get single coverage, you have to take advantage of it, even if it is a guy as physically and defensively imposing as Evan Mobley. Scotty still went after it. That's pretty damn impressive because Mobley is, is not just a good defender for a rookie. He's just a damn good defender. I don't know if he's in the all-NBA conversations. Not really. You know, Allen has kind of absorbed a lot of that attention and deservedly so. But Mobley is really tough to beat at the rim. And Barnes did it a couple of times and didn't do it from these advantage situations. He had the ball. He dribbled into, you know, Mobley's sphere and he beat him there and even got an end one on one occasion. And I just think Barnes was really good at hunting out opportunities for himself and others and really pushed the ball when it was appropriate, slowed it down when it was appropriate. I thought his feel for the game in this one was pretty good. And he had, I think, some punch defensively that he doesn't always have in these games. Although, especially in the first half, man, there was a lot of mistakes. And I can see why he would make those mistakes because he's, He's a floater just by, you know, his proclivity defensively is to kind of float around. And that sometimes leaves his teammates in really tough positions trying to cover for him. And especially with Darius Garland, a guy who, when he gets downhill, starts to play with coverages a lot in what he manipulates and lanes he's trying to open up for his teammates or himself, that Barnes was getting baited out of position a lot in the first half. And, you know, he was much better in the second half, but he was really, really bad in the first half. But... Overall, I found myself really impressed with Scotty. He played the most minutes in this game, and that felt, you know, he wasn't the best player out there, but he was good. So, yeah, he he deserves some some love and attention for that. And, yeah, tough game for Gary. Just need him to hit more of his catch-and-shoot opportunities. He did create a little bit off the bounce, but certainly not as much as we would all like to see. And this is a tough situation for him because the Raptors are playing defenses that are sinking in so the, you know, he had that little run of attacking closeouts and getting to the rim and stuff like that. And by little run, I do mean a little run. It wasn't, you know, a huge trend on the season or anything, but that's not really happening whatsoever anymore. There, there are no avenues to the rim for him. And that's something he struggles with to begin with. And he's not shooting the hell out of the ball on top of that. 
that's where it gets really tough for him because the the jumper isn't really there right now. And not only those super difficult step back jumpers from 18 feet that sometimes fuel the Raptors as they're struggling offensively, but just the, you know, white bread catch and shoot three from the corner or above the break. Those aren't going in at the rate that anybody would want them to. And I still, he really over pursues defensively and, you know, he gets the steals and I still think, you know, on the year he's probably graded out as, you know, a positive defender, but it's certainly, well, it was always goofy that, you know, NBA.com had him in the defensive player of the year ladder. I think he was as high as four in the early parts of the season. That was always very silly, but he's certainly not providing the same amount of defensive punch now as he was then. And, you know, players have ups and downs throughout the year. And, you know, maybe that comes back around the same way that hopefully the shooting will, but yeah, young Banton Watanabe, Armani Brooks, who just, you know, signed with the Raptors today and kind of suited up. Young, really bad, really bad game. Blown rotations and blown bunnies. Um, he He's the vet. He's supposed to bring a calming presence. He's supposed to make the plays that, you know, sometimes other players mess up. He's supposed to be, you know, dependable and stuff like that. And he just wasn't in this game. Tough to see. Them's the breaks. And uh, yeah, Banton, Banton is kind of, you know, some the box score either recognizes him or is it or it doesn't, because it's just he's running out on the break. If something materializes, you know, a few times over, then he'll have numbers. If it doesn't, then he won't. And in this game, I didn't notice that much different going on with Banton. He had zero points. He missed both his shots, but I, I didn't find that this game was all that much different than anything else that he does. It's just not as many opportunities gifted by his teammates or anything like that, but. For the most part, just a, a struggle. The Raptors, especially considering when Allen went out, they really rebounded quite well, and that is understandable because an all-star big left the game, and they felt that on offense and defense. But all things considered, I wasn't too upset with the defense tonight. It's the offense is what's losing them all these games. The huge uptick in the amount of zone that they're seeing, their inability to deal with it, a lot of their pet and set plays for zone, involve Fred and if they don't involve Fred then they involve Gary but Gary isn't shooting well at all so they can't even run a lot of these flares where they're you know setting screens on space rather than players and just trying to create these looks that you know work really well for Fred and have worked for Gary in the past but in these games they just don't even go to them they just have to try and move the ball around until they can get the Cleveland defense moved to one side maybe more so then the other, and maybe they have end up with like a two on two on one side and they can actually, you know, do a pick and roll on the zone on the side or something like that with Pascal. But the opportunities are few and far between as far as, as far as I'm concerned, but yeah, Reggie Evans award, Scotty Barnes, a stick to you know, not hard headedness, but he just went to work. He put the hard hat on, got after it, game in, game out, possession in, possession out, put in the work and did his thing. In, in the third loss in a row, it's tough to take too much away from it, but I thought he looked good, and he did so battling against the other, well, there's maybe, what, like four standout rookies from this this draft in Scotty, Cade, Mobley, and Franz Wagner. And, like, Herb Jones is a second-round pick, but he's playing like a lottery guy, so that's, that's really nice um, for him. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Cade, we saw when the Raptors played the Pistons how much he has in his bag, and... Despite having middling numbers, you can see that he's on the precipice of something special. And 
Mobley and Barnes have been capturing the special qualities of themselves all year. So, yeah. Reggie Evans Award. Top quick reaction comment is from DS. Quote, so we wasted a first-round pick for a guy to sit on the bench. I'm loving this right now. End quote. Yeah, so this is something that I, I talked about with Sean Woodley. So if you listen to Raptors Weekly Podcast, you'll hear it on Monday morning or whenever you get around to it is Precious had attributed a lot of his progression to being able to pick Thad's brain, and that's the human aspect of the trade. But as far as just Thad, what he's doing on the court, and this is something I've talked about before, it's tough to even trick yourself into thinking that, oh yeah, this guy you know is worth trading, let's say, between the 15th and 20th pick for the 31st to the 34th. Like that, that jump in draft value uh, you would probably be you'd be hard pressed to find any team that would sign off on saying that's the guy. And there is some cap implications, but you you don't want your team to ever be giving up first round picks to save money. That that would be a travesty. <laughs> I certainly wouldn't I wouldn't appreciate that. And uh, yeah, so it's it's a trade that we'll have to see how it looks at the end of the season. But it's pretty tough to see the upside in this one, but. Them's the breaks. Thanks for writing in, DS. Uh, listener, thanks for thanks for tuning in, whether you got into it in the morning or at night. Have a blessed day and goodbye.